You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip Off, the NBA podcast that wished the Charlotte Hornets announcer would announce every NBA game. Oh my goodness! Miles Bridges! Yes. I mean, it just it's electric stuff. Honestly, I it's agree. electric it's stuff. It's half the reason why I watch the, uh, the, the Hornets games. That and LaMelo Ball, but... I, and I told you this earlier. Can you imagine those guys calling, like, John Morant? Oh, like, uh, or just... Oh, man. It... <laughs> Props to those guys, because, I mean, they're the kind of play-by-play and color announcers you, you want. Like, they just make the game so exciting so, You can feel the Yeah, that, honestly, you can feel it through how they announce it. Yes, but, um, yes. Love those guys. Love those guys. Wish wish they were the Cavs. Well, they, you know, I, I think we're doing a, doing a better job on the court than, than they are. That's true. Actively. Actively, we are. Actively, the Cavs are. At the five seed. The Cavs, doesn't matter. Sexton out for the ceiling, C- ceiling season. Doesn't matter. You got Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio out for the s- season. I think. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll bring in Rondo, but Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Laurie Markkinen, Kevin Love, Isaac Okoro, Dylan Windler, Lamar Stevenson, Lamar Stevenson, Chidi Osman. They just they keep marching, marching I, on to. Up. I mean, are the Cavs good? Are they? Are they, is this the first time the Cavs are like legit without, since LeBron left, They're or without LeBron since the freaking nineties? Should you know the the sun not be dark blacked out? They should not be a lottery team this year. Which everybody and their mother preseason rankings had them being a lottery team. And I would like to uh, accept the flowers of all of these, all of these. Uh, NBA IG accounts and uh, announcers and, and analysts. I will take your apologies uh, in, in written format. Thank you very much for... Th- thank you letters only, or apology letters only. Apology letters only, exactly. So that's the... Uh, um, basically, what I'm going to say is we had we called this. We knew this was going to happen, at least this podcast did. We called it because we, we trusted the process of being bad for so long and that things had to change. We, uh, we drafted within the top, I think, eight over the past four years. And uh, who knows what <laughs> – it's amazing what competent drafting can do for you yeah. over a long stretch yeah. of time. I mean, if Mobley looks great. Garland looks great. Sexton was good. I mean, the only one you have some questions about is Okoro, but and you knew his offense wasn't it, polished. You, you knew, knew he was a defensive player, exactly. so you knew what you were getting into. Everyone wants to put him in this little box that is – well, he's not a score. He's not a, a, a wing score. Well, no, we didn't draft him to be a score. We drafted him because of his defense, and we kind of hope his scoring comes around. But every championship team has a defensive player that they put on the best guy. That's Isaac Okoro. If he can score, that's, that's it's, crazy. It's, it's Isaac Okoro for your wing for your wing point guard guys. And then, I mean, there's nothing wrong with with. I, I think honestly, you put Allen on their big center guy and then you have Mobley coming in on that help defense side I think it's because I, I think I think Allen will be, be able to stand up the guys like Embiid and Jokic a little better but then you have Mobley coming in from the help side making shots really tough yeah it's gonna be and that's what again we'll say it again drafting well and consistently you make a very they took a page out of the Memphis Memphis playbook. You know what we're gonna do? We're only gonna draft good players. That's our that's our that's that's our franchise 
you're going to compete you're, New Year's resolution. But you're going to tank at the same time. And that's a very subtle art form that the Orlando Magic well, tank is now beating. starting yes. to, uh, to understand. They they are. They, they've got young pieces, and they realize, let's just play them all, get them some minutes, be competitive, but still... Go eight and thirty nine in our first forty seven games. It builds teamship. Both the Grizzlies and the Cavs did it for a number of years. Now the Orlando Magic are, are on that same train. So uh, Mo Wagner, is, or, I'm sorry, uh, Franz. Franz Wagner, his younger brother, is uh, playing well. Cole Anthony's having a great sophomore season. Yeah. If we exclude sophomore year players out of um, most improved, I think he'd be up there. But you know, you kind of. This podcast has the, at least Sam has the stance of, um, you expect that out of your second year second players. Second year players can't get most improved, so, which I guess I'll get on board with. I do have, if you want to talk about the Cavs, I think Darius Garland could be a most improved candidate. He'll be up there. I don't think he'll get it. And I think uh, I think R.J. Barrett could as well. R- but as I said, my I, the last what? month of R.J. Barrett has been the best player on the Knicks by far. Uh, He's been solid. Smartest kid on the short bus. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah, the Knicks are fine. back to being the Knicks right now. Congratulations! Um, but you I, I, a game I, winner over Boston Celtics. That's awesome. it. Wasn't just that. He's been playing well. I think. I think he has a chance. As I said in the last cast, I think John Morant has a pretty good case for that. John Morant has an award as well. Evan Mobley has Rookie of the Year barring any injury, and John Morant has Most Improved Player on lock again. I, even if he does get injured tomorrow. He is winning that award. I will put money on that. John Morant? Yes. If Most he doesn't, improved, yeah. that is a travesty. Yeah, I can't Miles really Bridges think. is a great player. Bridge, Bridges, yeah, I would say Bridges started hot, very hot. Just a little. Slowed down a bit, and, now, and now, we, now he's kind of averaged out, but I think John Morant has given you just that constant. I mean, that block. I mean, I know we oh, talked about it. I, I, te- I see. I'm a volleyball player, and I text that to all my volleyball teammates. I'm like, imagine if that guy was playing ball. I mean, he, he jumps was, like a volleyball player. You ever see how he loads? Oh up? yeah, left, right, left, baby. You gotta tell me, show me how to do that, man. I'm like this close, and my fingers are like an inch and a half away from each other, away from dunking. That'd oh yeah, be awesome. I'm nowhere near John Morant looking down into the rim level, but just want to get into solid, just one handed dunk. That'd be great. But the one. so Orlando Magic coming up the uh, the hard way. They took their uh, the advice of everyone saying, "Dude, what are you middling out for? Why are we doing? Why are, why are we why are we fighting for the eighth seed year after year just to, just to lose in a gentleman's sweep in five games? Un- honestly, and now they they blew it up. Traded traded away all of their uh, quote unquote good players, and now they've got a lot of good assets. So I'm not an Orlando Magic fan, but I am rooting for them. I hope they uh, they they can find their way back to. I guess relevancy the finals. Yeah, that's that's the bit their peak right now with Dwight Howard. Yeah, but twelve different, years. Yeah, different different era of game for yeah. sure. Sure. So another team that's been on our radar for the East has been, uh, I guess, working up our way. We'll touch on the the Washington Wizards uh, at the beginning of the season. Again, it was one of those. What are they doing? Why? I mean, I guess get rid of Russell Westbrook, get off that contract. That's good. You get a haul of players and see what you got. They've had. I think a lot of success, more than what people were expecting, just on the back of a lot of decent quality players. They've got a deep team of nobody's really that Kuzma, bad. Kuzma's playing the best he's ever played. If he can turn in to more of the number one, I'm sorry, number two option behind Bradley Beal, I think that'll go a long way. With Brad Beal being out because of injury, I think that's helped his argument. 
But um, it's it, it's been looking good for, for Kuzma fans here. Uh, which goes back to all the, all the players that the Lakers trade away end up being at least halfway decent. Uh, but, well, I mean, some of that is the opportunities that they are given. So That's fair. Fair. That, it's all about opportunity. I mean, you're not going to get any better sitting on the bench. You're not going to be able to show that you're getting any better sitting on the bench or playing limited minutes. So. True, true. Let's talk about a team that has, I guess, has been doing well consistently but is maybe in a more precarious position. Um, I'm, I'm more on the lines of Brooklyn. They're like yeah. an expected team that's, that should be at they're, the top of the th- East. They're first they in the East, and KD has an injury that's he's going to be out for a couple weeks, I think four to six maybe they were saying. Kyrie is back. He's playing away yeah, games, and then he's, he's and he's playing home games, but they have to pay like a $100,000 fine every time he does. It's not even close to that. More? Less than that. Oh, it's really? Oh, like so then it's $5,000 an- after the fourth fine like it's a no so fine it's a no so one. it's a no-brainer you're playing Kyrie but that's the thing that's a, I gotta give again credit to the Nets here and maybe it's just until playoff time when they actually start doing this but they're saying they're not going to do that they're not going to just play him and take the fines but then again they also said they're not going to play him part-time so when times get tough that tune is going to change so by the time playoffs come around they will do that yeah but just to think after the first instance of him playing at home there's no fine. It's a warning. After the second instance, I think it's $1,000. The third instance, it's a $2,000 fine. Anything after the fourth instance, I think it's a $5,000 fine to infinity. Anytime he does it after that, it's just a flat $5,000 fine. $5,000. Are you kidding me? That's uh, – which – the implications let of me, let, let, allowing him to play unvaccinated is, it, is going is to it, be so, the question. Not so, the money. It's not the yes. money. And that, that's money comes coming out of the nets, right? Yes. Okay. So instead of it's us saying here's $5, it's us saying here's $0.05, cents, essentially. But the real question will be when, when they do make the playoffs, and that question does become more real, um, it's going to be the backlash they have to face by allowing – an unvaccinated player to play after the laws that they've put in place, which again, right or wrong, agree or disagree, however your, your stance is on the matter. I just don't see them not facing a huge backlash for allowing him to play at home after everything they've gone through so far. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it is again. So KD's out. Kyrie's KD's out. Kyrie is James Harden. Yeah, James Harden is pretty freaking good. Like he had a slow start to the season, but he's been he's been James Harden. Uh, he's not been the the thirty point per game yeah, scorer, no. James Harden. I mean, when Patty Mills is putting up like eighteen a game, though, mm-hmm. I mean, Patty Mills is playing really well. Um, so I I think I think much like the Warriors, you know, yeah, you got some injuries you're dealing with here and whatnot, but um, it's they're going to be there. I wouldn't want to play him, especially if all three big guys are playing. And, yeah, and you move on. Unless something drastically changes in NBA protocols, NBA rules, or the city of NF- city of New York. Um, yeah, it is no, what it is. It is, what it is. Um, they've had to go through a number of injuries. We'll see how they, they can come back from that. The Bulls, similarly, have been going through the ringer. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. So, Lonzo Ball. Just had surgery, out six to eight weeks, and in last night's game against the Bucks, 
um, and an absolute brick off. I mean, no one wanted to hit a shot. I watched that game last night. It was ugly. I mean, no one could hit a shot. No one could hit a shot. It wasn't a great shot, but um, Crusoe went up for a layup, and Grayson Allen fouled him pretty hard. It was called a flagrant two. Crusoe said he was having some pain. Um, Didn't think anything of it. I mean, obviously, he knew he was in pain. Turns out his fractured wrist out four to six weeks, which leaves the Bulls' point guard depth in the hands of Kobe Kobe White, White, who... 12 points, 2.5 assists. Kobe White is Devin Dotson, Mac McClung. All right, right? Couple, couple college stars there. Or probably the more likely scenario is it's Kobe White and Ayu DeSumo from Illinois. He's been getting some solid minutes. Actually playing really well as a rookie. Yeah. But you look at what they're losing in Caruso and Lonzo Ball is good defense on both ends and good and, and play making its own to lead the team. So I think this is again the Bulls. They're in a good spot. They're on top of the East. Um, it is only two and a half games back to Philly at the six seed, so there's not a ton of space there. But they're still in a good spot. You still have Demar Derozan who's playing out of his unreal out of his right now, and you have Vucevic, Levine. Is I think like day to day. I believe played since that that tweak of his knee. Uh, okay, which is so very, being like, cautious. Contact injury, which is yes, scary, yes. But, so they're uh, being cautious, and so, so the Bulls are going through some injuries right now. But Demar Derozan is playing out of his mind. I, yeah. This this is the best Demar Derozan's ever played. Honestly, though, which and, he's had the opportunity, he's got the pieces around him, which has been something you can't say for him in his career. People always want to point back to Toronto when he played with Kyle Lowry. You know my opinions on Kyle Lowry and how I think he is as a player. Is he a good leadership guy? Yes. Is he a hard worker? Yes. Is he a good player? Yes. I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but is he the caliber, the level of caliber that Alonzo Ball or Alex, even Alex Caruso is? No. I would take Alex Caruso and Alonzo Ball over Kyle, Kyle Lowry every day. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls are feeling these injuries for their last six, but they did play some pretty good teams. They've got a relatively easier. I mean, they just came off playing the Warriors, the Bucks, the Nets, the Grizzlies, and the Celtics. But coming up, they have Orlando, the Thunder, Toronto, the Spurs, and the Blazers. So it is getting a little easier. Maybe they can pull out a couple games here. I think right now, until Levine comes back, you're looking at 500 ball. And then, you know, just get the best spot you can because I mean Lonzo and Crusoe will be back for the playoffs I don't see the Bulls falling out of the playoffs um to this even with these injuries especially not all the way out to past the 10 seed no way no way and even then I would have confidence in them if they are in that that 7 to 10 range beating those whoever is down there right now it's the Hornets the Raptors the Wizards and the Celtics they're gonna beat those uh who was the Sorry, what was um, Lonzo's timeline? Uh, six to eight. Six to so eight. It was six so to eight. A week. Eight. It was six to eight a week ago, and Caruso was four to six as of last night. Just say a flat eight. So two yeah. months from now, which so eight still puts him right at the edge of the playoffs, right as the beginning of February. Yes. Yes. So they're, I think, going to be okay. They can hold the fort down, especially if Levine comes back in like within 
before Which, that. Now that the pressure's on, that they may have to do so. I think they would. Take I, I, I think I think they're going to take it game by game, week by week, see how they're doing. Again, as long as Demar Derozan, maybe you maybe you try to get a little more out of Vucevic, kind of get like magic stat line from Vucevic here, um, and go from there. Uh, but I still think they're in a good spot. Those players are going to be back, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. It's it's kind of fun when the Chicago Bulls are uh, relevant. They haven't been this relevant since D Rose. D Rose, man. They've been in the playoffs when Jimmy, with Jimmy Butler, but they haven't been relevant yeah. since D Rose. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, it's, that, so we talked about the cat. We had, we did have a trade. If you want to break. Go we, into, we had a couple of trades a couple of them. that affected the East. Um, I'll start low, let's start low to high in the effectiveness I think that they're going to be. There was a three-team deal that was between the Spurs, the Denver Nuggets, and the uh, the Boston Celtics, where it said P.J. Dozier and Bobo to the Celtics. To the, Celtics. Uh, the Spurs sent Bryn Forbes to the Nuggets, and, and then I can't remember what the Spurs got uh, back. It was that. Yeah. The Spurs guy was it Juancho Hernan Gomez? I believe yes. from the Denver Nuggets. Yes, no, no, no. He, he Herman Gomez was on the Spurs, I think, or on the Celtics, I think. Okay, okay. Well, where there's two Herman Gomez's. Yeah, wherever he came from, he went to the Spurs. Yeah, uh, and there was some pick swapping so, as well. You, you I think, think it was a yeah. second rounder or something so, very low minor. Nothing. So like. Is Bobo going to get some running time here? You think? I mean, he's obviously the. I think Bryn Forbes just talked to the guys. P.J. Dozier, kind of a wash, given that they point guards that um, the Celtics already have. I think Bryn Forbes might bring a nice little like shooting off the bench role to the Nuggets, maybe. We'll see. But, is I mean, the name is Bull Bull because of his college pedigree and people him falling in the draft and then his summer league play. And, like, they're, they're all about his Right? Upside. Like, are we going to get some running here? I mean, you could argue that they've got some – that the Celtics have some – some minutes at the four or five to give them. Fair. I mean, the four more than the five, I think Robert Williams is your five. But I guess with Bull Bull on the roster, that could change. Uh, Al Horford, again, is the veteran leadership that you're looking for to have in a locker room. Yeah. I mean, the four. I feel like the Celtics. Do you think they're going to phone it in? You only have one power forward, and that's Grant Williams. Would you. Would you go for? Would you start Operation Tank for the Celtics? So they're right outside of the uh, the plane. But kid, I mean, you look at this roster and you think, okay, two good players, Richardson. That's okay, it. but I mean, but like Richardson, Smart, and Schroeder are not bad role, role players. Player. Robert was not a bad role player, but with Brown, not the right fit. With Brown and Tatum, like you don't want to see that, like those two guys, and think we need to tank with these guys. Something else is like like it. I don't know what it is, but it's it's weird. It's just weird. I mean, it, I don't know what I would do if I. That is one of the teams of the East. I would not want to be the GM for. And Brad Stevens signed up. Maybe that's why Danny Ainge left because he's like, guys. Honestly, I don't know what the hell to do here because this just looks like a lose lose. Because you trade away Brown or Tatum, and you're you're wrong, and then you try to tank and the Celtics are never known to do one of that so you're wrong uh, so you just kind of have to grit your teeth and figure it out I guess and hope for the best was the peak of them Terry Rozier and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at like 2017 Rozier looks good Rozier's playing well for them for every, he's played well with the Hornets him and uh, Lamella Ball have a good one two at the guard spot there they really do <laughs> I don't know 
It's uh, you never know, right? They took uh, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron's last year on the Cavs, right? Yep, and they got out. I think they lost to the Toronto Raptors when they were in the bubble. Yeah, yeah, and I think so. Last year they they get beat by the Bucks. They got smashed. Yeah, they got smashed yeah. by the Bucks. Which I think they were battling injuries too, but again, they just got smashed. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, one trade. The other one is between two teams who – two playoff teams from last year who are currently sitting outside the playing game, the New York Knicks and Atlanta Hawks. Hawks sent former first-round pick Cam Reddish to the Knicks for not only, uh, Kevin Knox and some picks, starting the, the, starting the massive – Total trade. Start, starting the massive – Zion to the New York Knicks hype and get that Duke team back together. And, man, the Knicks, you can dream. You so can Cam dream. Reddish and Solomon Hill and a second-round pick to the Knicks for Kevin Knox and a first. Interesting. It is. It is interesting because I think that is a pretty even-keeled trade. For the Knicks and for the Hawks, I think the Hawks, the Hawks did it for the pick. Hawks did it for the pick because, because I mean because they have you know you've got a bunch of guys who kind of play that same role. You've Reddish, Herder, Bogdanovich, Hunter. They're all that like two to three you know small shooting guard to small forward role. And frankly, I think they saw they they didn't really need them. They didn't. No, they didn't. Because frankly, Bogdanovich and Herder are playing better, so they got a first out of it. And the Knicks, you get some. Additional shooting and some size. Reddish is a, a good sized uh, shooting guard. He's me. big. He's like, yeah. yeah. So is it exactly what they need to? Or, I mean, the, the Hawks clearly did, clearly did it for the pick. Is this going to help New York? I'm not sure. Um, I think New York has other issues. I think that their defense from last year isn't near as good. I think they got a little lucky on how good their defense was based on how poorly teams shot at them. Julius Randle's taking a step back. Derrick Rose is injured right now, so that hurts their bench mob, which has been pretty darn good this year. But Quentin Grimes are starting to play him a little more. They found him a good shooter off the bench. But out of both teams, just I, I can't I, – the Knicks I'm not as surprised by. The Hawks I am surprised that they're struggling this bad. I mean, it's, it's the same lineup. Trey Young, Clint Capella, John Collins, a bunch of good shooters around those guys. It's, it's. I can't. I don't understand why. They're they are the Portland Trailblazers. They're not a good defensive team. That's yeah, exactly. For sure. They are the Portland Trailblazers of the East. They are going to start shining here in the next two to three months. So when teams kind of start to like they give really up do. on defense yeah, more, really and so the Hawks, team. all the Hawks have to do is play. I'm going to outscore you, which has been their game the whole year. Uh, it's just one of those things where I think, you know, again, I think, I don't know that their wing rotation is going to come into question. Did they pick the right one? Uh, Kevin Herter, I like him. I, I think Kim Reddish probably has a better upside. I do too. I, that's where. But I'm but going. but Herter and Bogdanovich are just more consistent right now. I'm just, which is why I was curious why they switched out. Which okay, maybe I'm not curious. I don't know. Cam Reddish came to. Uh, the GM and said, "Hey, I, I want a larger role, or you know, I want you to trade me." And he's like, 
Okay, well, I'll, uh, I think I'll opt for the second option here because you have not been a very efficient player. Uh, he's been one of the worst shooters and most like biggest negatives on the Hawks offensively. So maybe after trading him, it's going to go well, and they're going to just soar. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. They've had some tough injury issues here as well. They, I think at one point we're playing with, like, Trey Young and a group of scrubs. Yeah, I know John. Uh, both Trey's missed some games, and Capella has missed John some games as well. As Collins missed games. Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, he just got back because he's been out all year. He's been actually playing pretty well since coming back. It's it's been a, a breath of fresh air because he was a great start to the season last year before he got yes. hurt. Uh, and then when he came back, he was just never the same. Which I have to attribute that to injury, but um, it's. Uh, yeah, that's that's the the name of the game when it comes to that. But uh, no, that's East has been interesting. Um, of the standings right now for the uh, for the NBA East, could you list it off for me? Yes. So Brooklyn Nets, Chicago Bulls, Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks, Cleveland Cavaliers, Philadelphia 76 There's there's only three games between those guys. Yeah. Hornets, Raptors, Wizards, Celtics. There's four and a half. Three and a half games between those guys, and then Knicks, Hawks, Pacers, Pistons, Magic follow it up. So the the Knicks are only half game out. The Hawks are two and a half out of that playing game, and then I mean, the top's still very much up for grabs in the East, very I, much. I'm ignoring the top for now. That's gonna fall where it falls. The middle, I'm a little bit more interested in, just to see how that gets affected because the, the back end of that will be eventually be in the play-in. Um, but the real interest to me is the New York Knicks and the Hawks to see how much they push towards the play-in. I think the Knicks, if they're smart, back off. Take your foot off the gas. Understand that this is not a year that you – I mean, yes, last year was so much fun. It was cool. For the Knicks to do well, uh, they had a most improved player in Julius Randle for a year. Um, but if you're a smart GM or a smart coach, people hate to hear this. Tank, smart tank. Do the Orlando Magic thing. Play your young players. And, which and that's Tom all. was never going to do. It was just such a because that's all he has to do. Because he has so many young players who could be good. Just play them quickly. Top and Grimes. Your, your bench is literally um, outscoring your fucking. Starting lineup. I mean, it, not all games, but there, I mean, there have literally been times where the bench has played the most of the fourth quarter because they are outperforming the starters by that much. There's so much more team. The, the the bench for the Knicks plays better team basketball than the starters uh, starters do. It just it is what it is, you know. And use guys like Miles McBride as well. That's the last rookie I was thinking about. I mean. Give them a chance. They're fun. They the, those guys are the ones who like get Madison Square Garden loud. Yeah. It's not Randall. It's not Barrett. It's it's a steal. It's quickly. It's Toppin running the floor. It's Derrick Rose doing Derrick Rose things. <laughs> I mean, it's that's the fun. That's the fun stuff about the New York the Knicks. I mean, goal. are we are we biased because there is a Dayton player on this no. on the bench? No, not at what? all. Not at all. We are we are looking at this from a basketball angle, purely objective. Yes, but I do think that some of the Knicks issues do kind of come with the type of coach Tom Thibodeau is, and is the- and and the type of 
I don't want to say like culture that the Knicks have. I feel like the Knicks, because they've struggled for so long, has been a very prove it franchise. Like players come in and they need to prove their worth to either A, get out of there, or B, get minutes. So I feel like you see a lot of guys just taking shots. I mean, last year they were the they were dead last in assists per game. That's a lot of guys dribbling and shooting. Yep. And I think that and I think that's why the bench plays better sometimes because they share the ball a little bit more. But I don't know. I just I think the Knicks are coming back down to earth a little bit. I really do. I think we saw I think they had I think they surprised some people, got away with some defense that maybe wasn't as strong. Um, they definitely did. They had one of the most, the lowest field goal percentage of the opponents shooting three, and the highest percentage of them taking open threes. Yeah, that is that L- literally they just missed open shots. That people literally just missed open shots against them. So uh, that's that's kind of going to work out in your favor if you can keep that going, or I guess luck. Luck's better than being good, as, as they say. But um, my my. Ending thoughts on the Knicks are tank, get a good draft pick, hope that you don't fuck it up, and go from there. The Wizards, I'd say you're looking more to do some trades. If you can pull a good draft pick, that'd be great, but they should be maybe more, I think, I would say contending just because they have more a more solid team of, of solid role players and maybe try to pull off something at the trade deadline. Uh, the Celtics again. As much as people hate to hear it, yeah, you you should try to tank. They, I mean, do you really think they're going to come? That, they're really not going to win it. That they're no. going to beat Milwaukee, the Brooklyn Nets, or um, uh, I, honestly, I think I would take Cleveland over them. Funny enough, I know Cleveland hasn't had a great showing against them in this year's contest. But in a seven-game series, yeah, I would still take Cleveland. It also seems like with the Celtics, there's been a lot of question about team compatibility this year. Like we've had, we had Marcus Smart calling out Brown and Tatum, like oh, in a post-game. Yeah, yeah. It just and, it, and again, like Brown had like a forty-five, almost fifty-point game, and then like he was asked about sharing the ball, and it, it just seems like there may be a little bit of internal issues there. A little. Yeah, a little. Well, you know. <laughs> but they're going to have some uh, some fighting to do because the Orlando Magic might have something to say about that. That top pick, mm, that's going to be theirs. Yeah, and it's... Uh, I'm close. I mean, the Pistons are in in, the, in reaching distance of tanking for it. Um, very kind of similar teams, really. Both a bunch of young players. Um, but the Orlando Magic is better at it, clearly. Uh, the Pistons had last year. The Orlando Magic will take this year. The Pistons, because the Magic still had enough wins from last season when they still had like Aaron Gordon and Vucevic on their roster that they couldn't fully, you know, fully commit, fully to, the commit to the competitive tank. Yeah. Um. As 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 we like to call it. So we'll see. We'll see. The my one last little thing. Miami Heat just quietly the three seed. Quietly the three seed with nobody. That you've heard of before. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and Bam Adebayo have all set out so much this year. And they've still been I, and I don't, cause, and I, and I don't even know who's like... Like, Duncan Robinson hasn't been that great this year. And Hero, Hero's been better. Hero's been 
really good this year. He's the he could be most yes, definitely or most improved. Uh, Six man of the year contender. One of each, but you know Max Struess. Who's that? Max Struess. Gabe Vincent. You know who that is? I don't know who that is. Yes. (laughs) The only reason I know them is because they've been holding down the fort with four with with, with one of the other Uh, guys around. Omar Yetsov is a rookie. I think a rookie center who's been just eating. Like, he's been a rebound monster. Uh, so i got to give him some credit. But, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, <clears throat> exciting. We're coming up here on the All-Star break. All-Star voting is open to the fans. So we'll hit that All-Star break, and then it's on. The final stretch to the playoffs. Can't, can't wait. It should be a good season. Rest of the season, I should say, a lot of storylines. I would say nothing is really kind of set in stone here yet, um, especially in the East. West has kind of figured it out, figured itself out a little more than the East has, but you know, still, still a lot to determine. I look forward to it. Lots of, and that we will, and we'll be reporting live on that here uh, in the next coming weeks. The last thing before we get out of here today is just a quick shout out. We don't do a lot of worth mentionings anymore, but. We'll bring one out for this time. Uh, shout out to Louisa Harris, who died recently, January 18th. She was the only, the first and only woman drafted in the NBA. There you go. Which is pretty cool. Um, she was uh, um, a pioneer. She's like the queen of basketball, I think is her, ti- like her title. But uh, shout out to her and, and her family. So until next time, peace.